Coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri, this is the podcast for educators by educators. This is the Connected Learning Podcast, where we help educators connect with great ideas while pushing the limits of creativity and innovation. Welcome and thanks for spending your time with us. I am Glenn Barnes, your host for today's podcast. Connected Learning is launching its second season of podcasts. Our first guest this season is Patrice Bain. Patrice is a local educator who has just written a book with her colleague Pooja Agarwal on powerful teaching, Unleash the Science of Learning. She is holding an event this week, August 3rd, at CIC at CET, which is at 20 North Sarah from 1.30 to 3 p.m. Come join Patrice, learn something cool, help your students, and come join us this season as we share the stories of educators, both locally, nationally, and internationally. We hope you enjoy our podcast today, and hopefully you learn more from Patrice. Dealing with the secret to student success, teach them how to learn. Today, we're joined by Patrice Bain, who is the co-author of Powerful Teaching, Unleash the Science of Learning, along with Dr. Pooja Agarwal. Patrice has been involved in education for quite some time, a veteran K-12 teacher who has spent the last 12 years uh, working with cognitive scientists, researching how people learn. Patrice has authored numerous uh, papers and, and articles, developed research-based strategies for the classrooms, it has been involved with so many things. I mean, I'm looking over your, your bio. I mean, featured on Nova School <laughs> of the Future, Scientific American. You, you speak to my heart in that the sense that you are also the first social studies teacher I've had on this podcast so that... That 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 brings joy to my life. <laughs> Hooray. Yes, yes, to the social studies, and then uh, yeah. you know a couple of other things. You're on the educational advisory board for the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis, Illinois State Teacher of the Year, National Network for State Teachers of the Year, and also one thing that I that caught my attention is the Fulbright Scholar to Russia, which I think is really yes. cool. So, Patrice, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Glenn. It's a real pleasure to be here. How did you get involved in education? What's your story? Well, my story is I never thought I would become a teacher. In fact, teaching uh, was my second career. I had started out as a um, therapist working with special populations and I had worked in an outpatient program here in St. Louis for um, pediatrics and adolescents who had chemical dependency and stress issues. Many of them had made suicide attempts or were hooked on drugs. And as I was working with these kids and and just feeling, um, gosh, these kids are so amazing. And I thought they had their family supports, but so many of them had just felt so helpless and hopeless at a young age. And I started thinking about 
what if kids like these had teachers that could connect with them the way I was connecting with them before they ever got to this point? And so um, I quit and went back to school and got my teaching degree and became a teacher. And I think because I had a background of, of um, well, just kind of a special background that really allowed me to connect with kids. And as I taught, I was seeing kids who had normally come to school with, with really um, bad feelings, being able to really see some success mm-hmm. in my classroom. And it got me wondering why, why, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. And, and it was around this time that I was able to uh, get connected with some uh, cognitive scientists at Washington University who just so happened to be investigating how people learn and specifically how students learn in schools. And it was like this total serendipitous encounter. It was just at the right time. And I was able to, they worked on a really large, large federal grant, multi-million dollar grant. And um, I worked closely with my school in, in trying to bring this study into our school and, and it worked. And so I had such great fortune of working with these cognitive scientists who were helping me figure out how students learn. And then I was able to take that research and develop teaching strategies that, that incorporated the cognitive science, but really allowed students to be able to learn and internalize success. So that Glenn is a really long story of how I got into education. Yeah. But it's a, it's a good segue into kind of this, this background into how you started writing this book. I, I learned about this study through Make It Stick, The Science of Successful Learning. The cognitive, Wonderful. Yeah, the cognitive scientists, uh, Peter Brown, Henry Rodiger, and Mark McDaniel, as I was reading, you know, approached uh, your principal, Roger Chamberlain, and it, this is back in 2005, to do this study. Yeah. And then they, they connected with you, and you were, like, really excited about it and thought it was a great opportunity to understand how your students learn best. That's exactly right. I was able to meet doctors uh, Rodiger and McDaniel. And uh, yeah, they were the ones who had gotten this grant and, and authors of Make It Stick. So um, yes, it was working with them. Peter does not live in the mm-hmm. area. He is a, a novelist, not a cognitive scientist. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was working with Rodiger and McDaniel that in my school that just changed changed everything for me. So the, the, the premise of Make It Stick really tends to focus on three elements, as I understand it, and that's uh, retrieval practice, space practice, mm-hmm. and interleaving. Correct. Can, can you break those down for us? What, what are those elements? Sure. Well, let me break it down a little bit further. Okay. Learning actually has three components. 
The first one is encoding. Mm -hmm. So if you think of a classroom, encoding is the teacher imparting wonderful information to students. It's getting the information out there. Mm -hmm. The second stage is storage. Once we have put forth the information and it's in our students' heads, so often that's where we stop. Yeah. You know, um, we put out the information and the information is there. But the third and most critical component is the retrieval. Mm. And my co-author Pooja has a, a sentence that to me is wonderful. And it was, instead of simply putting information into our students' heads, what if we concentrate on pulling it out? And that is retrieval. So, you know, retrieval can be fun. You know how many of us like to go to trivia nights mm -hmm. and especially as social studies teachers, yes, right? Yes, yes. We love to be able to pull this information, this trivia, these facts out. But it's really important for our students to be able to do that. We, we do it on a regular time thinking about, oh, you know what I had for breakfast mm -hmm. or a fun thing I did with my friends. But students often find it so stressful. And why is it that most of us find, and students as well, enjoy retrieving, yet in a classroom setting, it becomes one of major stress? And often it's because as educators, what we do is we attach retrieval with high stakes testing. And often for our students, one of the first times they actually have to retrieve is at a chapter test or a unit test. And they haven't had that opportunity to retrieve along the way to make sure that they knew it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so one really important thing for teachers is how often are you allowing your students to retrieve information? Mm -hmm. And the key to that is through low or no stakes. So I have many strategies to do that. So the first, so that's retrieval. Right. The second um, item that you asked about was spacing. And spacing is, is being able to retrieve at intervals. Mm -hmm. Now, as educators, in our curriculum, we have scaffolding, we have spiraling, and so we can look at what has been taught in the past, and we say, okay, well, they learned this in fourth grade, or, you know, they learned this back then, and yet as teachers, when we when we bring it up in class, that's often the times when we get the deer in the headlights look, like... I've never heard that before in my life, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think all teachers can identify with looking at the class and getting that look. And, and a frustration with teachers is when we know things have been taught in the past, why isn't it sticking? Mm -hmm. why, why is it not still there? Mm -hmm. And so spacing is being able to retrieve information at spaced intervals. And this strengthens learning. So if you are, um, 
if you teach something and, and then, and textbooks are famous for this, you know, you teach something and then you let it go. And then the following year it's brought up again. Right. Um, too much time, too much forgetting has taken place. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you were able to build in spaced retrieval or spacing, you solidify that learning, those memories. The third, the third um, item that you brought up was interleaving. Now, some good examples of interleaving. Let's say you're a coach, and I think this is an example from Make It Stick. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you're playing baseball, and, and so you're trying to instruct at practice, you know, how, you know how's the practice going to go. Now, you could have your pitcher pitch five fastballs, five curveballs, five, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the batter is going to know, okay, well, I'm ready to hit a fastball. Okay, I'm ready to hit a curveball. And what would be so much more successful is if the pitcher switched it up. Because by switching it up and the batter not knowing which kind of of pitch is coming to him or her, um, the batter has to automatically go through everything that they know about how to hit a ball Mm -hmm. and pull that information together. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what we also want to do. If instead of as a math teacher, you give five addition and five subtraction and five multiplication, which is often the way, um, you know, textbooks or, or, or different companies will have you do it. Being able to switch up the problems that the students are given. Now, another way is when you pull up problems from the previous chapter and add those in. You're not only interleaving, but you are spacing and having the students retrieve. Now, as far as history, a way I would do history would be... um, For example, I might be talking about revolutions. Mm -hmm. And so I might have an essential question such as uh, compare and contrast the French and Russian revolutions. Could either of them have been avoided? If so, why or why not? Mm -hmm. Um, And defend your answer. Mm -hmm. And so what students have to do is again, they are using spacing and they're using retrieval and they're using interleaving. They're looking at the umbrella of revolutions, but they are having to pull information out from the French Revolution, from the Russian Revolution. What effects? What happened in the governments? So they are interleaving. They are they are weaving mm-hmm. the the different facts under the umbrella of revolutions. So by interleaving, you are able to to have students um, compare and contrast using. Thanks for joining us for this podcast. Be sure to check out the Connected Learning website for upcoming events and opportunities to learn and connect with us. See you next time.